at the Norm Reeves Superstores, we're thankful for you. Right now is the best time to get the super experience you deserve. Shop super prices on a super selection of vehicles at 11 convenient locations. From West Covina to the Cerritos Auto Square, Huntington Beach to the Irvine Auto Center, Vista and San Diego. You're never far from a Norm Reeves Superstore. Shop America's most popular brands. Ford, Lincoln, Hyundai, Genesis, Volkswagen, Toyota, and Honda. This holiday season, we have all your favorite new models in stock. Looking to trade? We want to buy your vehicle. Any make, any model, any year. Plus, enjoy total peace of mind with your purchase thanks to our exclusive price protection guarantee. If you can find the same new vehicle for less within five days, Norm Reeves will pay you the difference or buy your vehicle back. It's that simple. Take a test drive today at the Norm Reeves Superstore location closest to you, like the number one Honda store in the world in the Cerritos Auto Square. Or shop online anytime at normreeves.com. As for Global Honda, new vehicle sales 2022. Be dazzled this holiday season by Northern Virginia's largest drive through light show at Bull Run Festival of Lights. Celebrate the holidays as a family while staying warm and cozy. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow through two and a half miles of dazzling displays in Bull Run Regional Park in Centerville, Virginia. Plan your visit now. When you visit by mid-December, you'll save. Get your tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Welcome to Harvest Christian Center. I'm Dr. Foreman, and you're getting ready to hear an incredible message from God's Word. If this message speaks to you in a supernatural way like we believe it will, be sure to let us know at our website, harvestcc.me. If you're led to sow into the ministry of Harvest Christian Center, you can do so as well by visiting our website. Get ready to prepare your heart, mind, and spirit to receive this incredible Word that God has for you today. Remember, love God, love people, and love life. Let's go into the message already in progress. I said, well, happy anniversary, Harvest. Tomorrow is seven years since, oh, you can do better than that. From nothing, from scratch, from zilch, from zero, God has built a people. Hallelujah. Do me a favor. Look at somebody next to you. Tell them, say, it's so good to see you today. Look at somebody else. Tell them, say, I was waiting to see you all week. Tell them. Uh Uh-huh, because y'all sit in the same places every week anyhow, so you was kind of waiting on them. Amen. Hallelujah. Y'all ready to get into the Word today? We are in our Series 7 where we are celebrating, like the prophet Samuel said in 1 Samuel 7, 12, he said, Thus far, the Lord has helped us, and the Lord has certainly been good to us. This is a place where they say church planners come to die. I know about you, but I sure look mighty alive, and our church show looks mighty alive. Hallelujah. Lift your Bibles out. Let's make our confession of faith together. We welcome those at all of our campuses today, those on Twitter and Facebook and all of that. Let's look here. Here it is. Let's say it together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. It gives me abundant life. I'm not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. Hallelujah. Remain standing, if you will. Go to Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. When you have it, say, I got it, Bishop. If you're still flipping, say, hold on, Bishop. I'll wait on you because it's anniversary. (laughs) Uh, Revelation chapter 12, verse number 11. It says, and they are getting ready to overcome him. 
Oh, no, that's not what it says. And one day in the sweet by and by, when they die and get over there, they're going to overcome him. That's not what it says. It says, and they overcame him. Now, some of y'all trying to figure out, Bishop, who is the him? The him is the enemy. Uh-huh. And they overcame him. Somebody say past tense. Mm-hmm. Which, means, which means what we're getting ready to learn is going to keep me in a state of perpetual overcoming. Now, I don't know about you, but, but I think maybe your neighbor is sick and tired of being overcome by the same thing year after year. Who, who am I talking to? Month, I, anybody say, I'm sick of seeing the same cycles in my life over and over and over again. I, I, who am I talking to? Because if I'm in the wrong church, I can go catch a plane to somewhere. They want to hear what I got to say. And they overcame him, past tense, which means whatever comes after this will put me in a perpetual state of overcoming so that I've always been one that overcame. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Say two things. Uh huh. And they did not love their lives to the death. <laughs> and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Father, speak to us in this place today. Father, help us to understand that you have not created us to be people that are being overcome, but you have created us to be people that are overcomers. You have not created us to be people that are always in suffering and always in lack and always going through this and that. You have created us to be a people that are kings and priests rising up, doing the things you have ordained for us. So today, Father, I pray that only the overcomers would hear this word today, and I pray that the overcomers would be given principles that they can walk out in their life. Speak in this place today. Father, I pray that you tailor make this word in such a fashion and in such a way that people would think that you were speaking directly to them. I decrease that you might increase. Speak, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do me a favor as you take your seats and just touch your neighbor. Say before and after, before and after, before and after, before and after, before and after. Watch this. I'm going to switch mics on you because this mic up here is tripping. It's good. Just leave right there. It's, it's tripping. Y'all can hear me? Uh, look at your neighbor say before and after. Uh, as I get into this, I want to say this to you. As we look back and as we are celebrating seven years of what God has done for us, I want to say this to you. You don't need a new revelation from God. You need a reminder. Uh, so many times people are looking for God to say something fresh. God, what are you saying? God, what am I supposed to do? God, what turn am I supposed to make? God, what's the next move I'm supposed to make? God, what about this? God, what about this? And sometimes the truth of the matter is you don't need God to give you something fresh. You need to just be reminded about something that God's already done. Now watch this. The scripture says that the blood of the lamb and they overcame him, our enemy, by the blood of the lamb. Hear me, the blood of the lamb was slain on Calvary when Jesus hung on that cross and he suffered and he died and he bled. He did that for you and I. Blood was shed. Somebody say his blood was shed. Uh, and when his blood was shed, it was not just paying the price for our sin, but it was paying the price so that we could enjoy an abundant life. See, Jesus said in John chapter 10, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly, which means God says he wants you to have so much life that when people get around you, they coming back to life. When people that have felt discouraged, when they get I'm you. They feel encouraged. When people that have felt like they weren't going to be able to make it, when they get around you, they feel like be all right. See, so, look at your neighbor. Tell them, say, the blood has been shed. 
Touch them again. Say, the blood has been shed. Uh, now watch this. He said, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, you and I both have a testimony. We're going to make this thing work somehow. Just touch your neighbor. Say, you're going to get this word somehow today. Now, 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 now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Uh, and they overcame him. Watch this. Uh, uh, by their offering. No, that's good. That's really good. You should give offerings, but that's not how they overcame him. And they overcame him by their praise and worship. No, that's good. You should praise and worship, but that's not how they overcame him. They overcame him with their love. No, no, that's good. You should love, but that's not how they overcame him. They overcame him not only by the blood that was already shed, but because, watch this, because they knew what to remember. I'm going to help somebody today. Uh, the issue you and I have is that we don't know the right things to remember. Uh, instead of remembering the pain of what happened to us, we ought to be remembering the lesson. Uh, instead of remembering how they messed you up and how they uh, did you wrong, you need to remember what you learned from that experience. And instead of remembering how you messed up, start remembering that you've got another chance. Uh, stop letting pride make you walk out a bad decision. Uh, stop remembering how they hurt you and start remembering that you learn more about yourself. Touch your neighbor and say, you got to remember the right thing. You got to remember. You got to remember the right thing. Watch this. Your testimony is the story you are able to tell after a test. Testimony. It's a testimony. In fact, today, which is the day of Pentecost, the Bible says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says that, and you shall receive power, dudamus, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, that you might be witnesses. Well, what do witnesses do? They testify to what they've seen. I, I, I wish, I wish, I wish. Uh, look at your neighbor, say, say, I look real good today. Tell them, some of y'all ain't talking to him. Say, I look real good today. But if you only knew the hell I've had to go through, you'd be shouting for me. Uh -huh. I look real good and churchified today, and I got my Sunday's best on today. But there were some days where I didn't even want to wake up. There, there were some nights where I said, God, if you don't get me through this, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. There were some times, who am I talking to? There were some nights where you had to cry yourself to sleep. There was some, who am I talking to? There were some nights where you cried so much, there were no more tears left to cry. The only thing you had to do was go to sleep. Your testimony is what you are able to tell after you have gone through a test. Now, check this out. We often think that a testimony is just when we pass a test. But I think I have some witnesses that understand it's also when you fail a test. Give me some monitor. Uh, the reason I don't just have a testimony from when I pass a test is because I oftentimes learn more from my failures than I do my successes. You, you didn't hear what I just said. Uh, if you just take a walk down memory lane and look over your life and look at some of the stuff where you said, man, I shouldn't have did that and I shouldn't have acted like that and I should have responded differently and I should have been more humble. I, I should have looked at that person differently. I should have said, I'm sorry. Who am I talking to? I, I should have humbled myself. I, I should have stepped letting my pride make me walk out a bad decision. I, a testimony does not just come from when you successfully pass a test. But a testimony comes from even when you fail a test. The greatest gift that one can give a man is the knowledge of himself. And it is often in your failures that you find the real you. You, you, you don't know what you're made of until you think you're nothing. 
you, you, you don't fully understand who you are until you feel like you can't press on another day. You, you, you don't understand that you're like MC Hammer and too legit to quit until you felt like quitting. You, 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 you don't even understand who you are. Say, I have a testimony. I says, you don't need a new revelation from God. You need a reminder. And they overcame, past tense. The reason, I'm talking to your neighbor, not to you, because you're real spiritual, you get this. But that neighbor of yours, they're struggling with it. The reason you keep getting overcome by situations in your life is because you were looking for God to say something new where you needed to be reminded of what he had already said. Uh, okay, uh, 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 hear me. And they overcame him, past tense, by the blood of the lamb and by what they chose to remember. <laughs> Why are you sitting up here crying? Because you lost your job. The same God. Somebody, somebody. The same God that kept you back then is going to be the same God that keeps you now. If he did it before, watch him do it. Why are you sitting here crying? Because somebody walked out of your life. The same God that gave you peace that to surpass all understanding will be the same God that does it again. Why? overcame him by what Jesus did but because they knew what to remember isn't it funny how when you're going through stuff you can forget everything that you've just been brought through isn't it funny how when you hit a little rough patch now you think it's the end of the world the sky is falling and you forgot that it wasn't just six months ago that God opened the door that wasn't even supposed to be opened in the first place isn't it amazing how quickly we forget? It's because we don't know the right stuff to remember. We're sitting up here dwelling on the pain when we should be dwelling on the promise. We're, we're dwelling on the issue when we should be dwelling on the God that has the power to control the issue. We, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by what they chose to remember. <laughs> Say, I remember. I remember. Uh, listen, uh, it's so sad sometimes because people will fall away from God and they'll fall away from church when they hit rough patches. And, and what they don't understand is, is, is that this ain't the first rough patch you faced. This isn't the first time that you weren't sure how you were gonna make it. This, this isn't the first time that the pain was so unbearable that you couldn't even think about it without falling into tears. I'm, I'm talking to somebody. This isn't the first time. But, 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 but we, we, we sometimes want to hear God say something fresh when we just need to be reminded. <laughs> what has he done for you lately? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> say, I have a testimony. Say it again, I have a testimony. Today, what I wanted to do and, uh, in this series, I, I wanted today to bring to light something that I believe will help you. Say amen to that. Amen. Um, it's so important sometimes because when we get discouraged, how many people this week you face some discouragement? Come on, be honest. And the rest of all, would you please stretch your hands towards all of the rest of us and pray for us? Because apparently you got something that we ain't got. 
If you don't feel discouragement, it must mean you're not doing anything worthwhile. Because you don't need courage to be average. So one of the things that I do when I am discouraged and when I'm facing uh, situations and circumstances that can sometimes be a discouragement to me is I go back and I remember how I overcome. I I go down memory lane and I get before and after. (laughs) I remember how in that situation I thought I'd never be able to X, Y, Z. And then I say that was before, but then after, I I have to remind myself. You, you, You sometimes got to learn how to remind yourself of who you are. Because sometimes life will throw stuff at you that makes you question everything that you ever thought you knew for certain. But it's just because you need a reminder. Say, I need a reminder. So, 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 so the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul in, in 1 Corinthians, you don't have to flip there. In chapter 9, verse 2, he says to uh, those uh, in the Corinthian church, which are, in fact, his spiritual children, he says to them, uh, If I am not an apostle to others, yet doubtless I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. Y'all, y'all remember, anybody come from the old school church where they used to have testimony service? Anybody remember that? And, and they remember, uh, they let folk get up, and, 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 it, was, and it was something, because you never knew quite... And you knew there was a couple of two ladies that just when they got up, they was going to say all the wrong stuff. <laughs> Giving honor to God. Passer. Everyone's and everyone's. Deacons. Trustees. Ministers, ministers, elites. Elders in training. God's been good to me. When I think, and then they, you know, get the stank face of the goodness of Jesus. So y'all got to be thankful for 21st century church because we don't do it like that no more. So I would let people get up and testify, but since I don't know what they're going to say if I give them the mic, I figured I'd just read them to you. Because you get some folk a mic and you're like, okay, baby, all right. All right. Okay. Bishop, what are you trying to say? As I read these today, it was so amazing. I was, I was sitting in my office with one of my staff people this week, and we, we, we were saying there was of them and uh, we were going through them and uh, we were we were trying to select the ones that that would send uh, the most powerful message to you and encourage you because sometimes in order for you to remember you need to hear somebody else remember you, you have been watching one of those one of those shows on TV and you see somebody else conquer something and by and, it, and even two fellas they do it to where it gets us to and by the end of it you all watery eyed now, ladies, you got four or five boxes of tissue you've used, and the fellas, you get water out because you're looking and saying, my God, how could they make it through that? How did they survive that? How did they deal with that? How did they make it through in and all around that? And, and so what I wanted to do today was I wanted to show you some before and afters of individuals whose lives have been affected over the last seven years. And uh, as, we, as we walk through these, I've, I've done something similar to this before. As we walk through these and as you hear these, I, I want you to see yourself um, in whatever way you can see yourself in these testimonies, in these praise reports. Um, because guess what? If you're going to be committed to being great in life, and don't let anybody ever make you think that you're not supposed to be great in life. 
I know sometimes Christians think that, you know, we're supposed to be just dusty road, messed up, jacked up, and all that kind of thing. Like, that's holiness. That's not holiness. That's stupidity. Now, if you can read at a sixth grade level, you can read this book and figure out. And if you can't, then come up at the church. I'll show it to you. That we were created to succeed and to do great things in life. Not for our glory, but for the glory of the God that we serve. Not so you can say, look at what I've done, but so you can say, I don't know how that happened. I just know that I kept taking a walk with Jesus. I just, the old song used to say, we made it and we come this far by faith. Lean. I, I don't know how I got this far. I don't know how this happened. I'm not qualified. I don't have the education. I don't know the right, but I just been leaning on him the whole time. And he just, so I wanted you, I wanted you today. I wanted to take today. Uh, for the last message that I'll preach in this particular series, I wanted to, uh, to read some of these before and after, some of these testimonies. Can I do that today? Amen. And uh, if you need tissues, I think they've got them scattered around the campus because some of them are going to get real good. I mean, they're going for the jugular. Listen to this. It says, over two years ago, <clears throat> I did my first 21-day Daniel fast at Harvest. I felt like I was on top of the world spiritually and unstoppable. Uh, if you knew what I mean, if you know what I mean, two days after the fast ended, watch this, I lost my job for reading my Bible at work on my lunch break. Normally, I would have went off. Oh, don't y'all get all spiritual. You, in between your Mitsubishi and Honda, there's some other words. But I walked with my head up thanking God for the situation. This was over two years ago. For two young years, I could not find a job. But in this time frame, my family and I never lacked for anything. Actually, things got better and better for my family. I know it was your teaching, Bishop, and being covered by you and our faithfulness to the vision of the house that carried us. This past August, after not working for over two years, just walking in faith, serving and applying what you've taught, the Lord blessed me with an awesome job. At my workplace, I'm able to show off my kingdom lifestyle and do what God gave me a passion for, which is helping young people. I now know why I lost my job over two years ago was so God could work on me and plant my roots deep in harvest soil. I can go on forever with my testimony, but to, wake, to make it short, I went from fiend to king, from ashy to classy. Bishop, my family and I love you so much. We're behind you 100%. Thank you for all you do and all you are. God bless you. Listen. So for every person who's saying, I can't find a job. If God could sustain this man for two years. To where his testimony. Watch this. I know the right thing to remember. To where his testimony is things got better and better and better. If God did it for him, he can do the same thing. For, he's no respecter of persons. If he done it for another. But he said, I needed to get my, my roots planted deep in the soil. Psalm 92, 13 says that those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Which means when you get planted, you then have the ability to grow. 
I challenge you to not just be an attender or a spectator. I challenge you to get planted. Look at the verse. It says, those who are planted in the house of, come on Wednesday night crowd, Yad-Heh-Wav-Heh shall flourish in the courts of our God. Which means if you're not flourishing, perhaps it's because you're not planted. Touch your neighbor and say, put them roots in. Now let me say it like where I'm from in the country. Put them roots in. Not roots, roots. R-U-U-T-S, roots. Listen to this one. Can I give you another one? It says, Shalom, Bishop. I want to start off by saying shalom to all people and members of Harvest and soon to be members of Harvest. See, this is why I don't give y'all the mic. That's why I read it. It take y'all 20 minutes to do the intro. God is good, great, awesome, and magnificent. I had been away from the church for a minute because I felt overwhelmed with everything and everyone in my life. I did not fall from God, but instead it made it at a point for my own relationship with him to get stronger. I felt as if I was drifting into a place where if there was not change, uh, you'd see me on Snapped. For those of y'all don't know what Snapped is, Snapped is a show about people who snap, crackle, and pop. They're like Rice Krispies. He said, I had to change everything, starting with my mindset. I had tried to convince myself that I'd already done that, but I still had a slave mentality. It was a hard lesson to swallow that the only thing that was stopping me was me. I was in a terrible faith fight myself, and here's the silly part. I did not need to be because the word tells me that the battle is already won, and Bishop teaches me how to fight. If I had learned nothing else, which is far from the truth, I learned that I am definitely saved and divinely favored. I knew this time around that things were getting ready to put me in a test, and I knew that I had to pray my way out of this one because I'm tired of being on the 40-year plan. You know what the 40-year plan is. Children of Israel were supposed to get to their promised land for you and I today, promised life, place that God has ordained. They were supposed to make it there in 11 days because they didn't know how to act right. Let me translate. Because they were disobedient and rebellious and backbitings and murmurers and complainers, It ended up taking them 40 years. And the sad thing about it is that all of the people that complained, God said, I'm going to give you exactly what you said was going to happen. Could it be that you're your own prophet who's fulfilling your own prophecies? Could it be that what you're walking in, you're walking in because that's what you really believe? Maybe everybody does you wrong because that's all you believe they're ever going to do to you. Supposed to be 11 days, turn 40 years. And the trip about it is God, eventually in Deuteronomy, God just got sick of it. He was like, I'm just sick of this. Just, I've had enough of y'all. They were, check this out, y'all. They were walking around the same mountain for 40 years. Now, you think at some point somebody would say, haven't we been here? You think at some point your neighbor would say, haven't I been here before? said, tired of being on the 40-year plan. 11 days is so much easier. I attest that I know that my shift is a blessing, and I know that I'm maturing because my actions speak louder than my words. It's simple. Uh, It's simple. God loves me and wants me to do well. The question, however, was did I want that for myself? The answer is yes, and nowadays I'm thankful for the fire, though no matter how much it burns, when the roof catches on fire, I know the rest is soon to follow. But now it's a matter of how I conquer and prepare for what comes after it. Essentially, it came down uh, to I was uh, not being consistent with my tithes or my serving. 
let me tell you, you can't do one without the other. I have now seen that. You see, I just moved right on past that because I don't want to. Don't start that with me. I have now seen the error in my ways. Can, can I tell you, some of y'all saying, Lord, when are things going to change? The moment you realize it wasn't them. But it was you. But Bishop, it really don't matter. You can't change them. You can only change you. It says, uh, I repent for not doing what I've been taught to do uh, by not being faithful. I did not get the position that I desired. My relationship started to falling apart. Falling apart. I just uh, couldn't seem to get anything right. But I made a choice to start over in all aspects of my life. And yet again, prioritize according to God's will, not my own. I'm very favored to report that I received the promotion in the form of a whole new career opportunity. I've seen God work for me and others around me. I had to ask myself, would I want what I had? And the answer was no. That's a hard fact to swallow when you get caught up at the thinking that you have arrived. Not even intending for it to be arrogant. I am finally new in Christ and thankful and humble to be back under the sound of my shepherd and surrounded by all my brothers and sisters' sheep. Thank you, Harvest, for doing what only Harvest can and, meant, and was meant to do. Love God, love people, and love life. That's the only way to accomplish what God meant for me to go and where he wants to take me. Here's what I like about that one. Is what lots of people like to do. See, when you come in ministry, when people, a lot of people want to get behind the pulpit and people think, oh, it's glamorous and it's this and it's that. Really, what you don't understand for is you're signing up to be a target. Now, if you're not called to be that target, then, then, then you need to not try to be that target. But so what do you mean a target? Because when things go wrong in people's lives, they're not going to take that responsibility on themselves. They're going to find a way somehow to blame it on. Bishop, prove it. This is what people do at their jobs all day long. Well, if I had a better supervisor this, if I had a better management this, if we were more organized this, maybe, just maybe, it's you. Now, people don't like to hear that kind of stuff in church. People like to hear somebody else turn around three times, get ready, you're getting ready to come out and all that. But how is that working out for you? It's real quiet right here. Here's the next one. This individual said, I had to come to grips and conclusion that maybe everything that was going on was maybe something that I could do differently. And that's not to say that we don't face things where there was nothing we could have done differently, but certainly in everything, you have to be a student of life. Your occupation is not your occupation. Your occupation is student. You're a student. Say, I'm a student. Listen to this next one. Says so Shalom Bishop, the word of God says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That is what harvest has done for me. I've been transformed by the word uh, of God that the Lord is sending through you. Thank you that you said yes from the womb when God called you. Thank you for taking me out of my comfort zone. Thank you for all the stretch marks and for all of the corrections to make me a better person. I know now who I am and whose I am because of your obedience to the Lord. I'm a lion chaser. Y'all remember that? I'm God's diva, daring, intuitive, victorious, anointed. I'm a Proverbs 31 woman, and most of all, I'm a daughter. I love you, and I value you. Here's what I want you to see for this one. Thank you for taking me out of my comfort zone. Hear me. You will never, hear me, people change only two times in life. When they learn enough that they want to or when they hurt enough that they have to. 
The question becomes is which one of those do you want to be the initiation of your change? It is my job, literally. Can, can, can I just teach you for a moment? It is my job, literally. I know some of y'all want to shout. I'm going to shout you in a minute. It is my job, literally. The word uh, pastor in Hebrew is the word pakad, which literally means to be hostile toward in a corrective fashion. <laughs> you don't understand what that means. Th that means challenge you to be what you don't even think you can be. It is my job. It is my God-given responsibility. I, I'm not doing this for any other reason. It's my God-given responsibility to make you be all that you can be in the army of the Lord. Out of your comfort zone. I saw sometimes some of the teaching, some of the messages you mean like, man, that really challenges me. Don't run from the discomfort. Embrace the discomfort. Because now you're learning enough where you can change. Because here's the deal, you're going to learn the lesson one way or another. So either you can take some notes and get a CD and learn it, or you can go through some hell and learn it. Now, can I tell you, and as a witness, it's a lot easier to just take some notes and listen to a CD and learn it than it is through going through some, I wish I had at least one witness in here. Have you ever looked back and said, I wish I would have listened to what so-and-so told me because they told me about this, but I didn't listen to them. And the voice of wisdom that you ignore determines the unnecessary pain that you experience. There's already pain on the agenda of life because that's what happens in life. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. But there's some pain that you added to the schedule that wasn't supposed to be there. It's because you chose not to listen to a voice of wisdom. So it caused you unnecessary pain. Listen to this one. It says, Bishop, I thank you for your bold and zealous approach to the word. It has transformed my thinking, my walk with God, and how, the way I lead my family. For years we had attended church but never lived the kingdom life. Kingdom life is when heaven's attributes invade your everyday life. It's God's MO. It's heaven on earth. See, listen, God did not do all of what he went through for you to die uh, and, and then wait to experience heaven over there. In fact, if you read your Bible, God never promised you heaven as a place to live. He promised you the kingdom of heaven as a lifestyle. Which means we're supposed to be living to bring heaven down here. That's what the kingdom is, you understand? He didn't save you from hell to make you live in hell. What the heaven? For years, we have attended church but never lived a kingdom life. I know most of that was due to my disobedience. The reason we're going down memory lane is because the moment you want to start blaming other people, you got to go back down memory lane to see you and how you. Because sometimes as you mature, your disobedience matures too. It learns how to hide itself better. It cloaks itself in spiritual sayings. Disobedience matures. Uh -huh. Since for years we attended church, but never lived a kidney life. I know most of it due to my disobedience, but the other was lack to the covering of a spiritual father and the teaching that gives us no excuse to be average or blame the devil for our own shortcomings. For we were made, Revelation 1-6, to be kings and priests. Since joining the vision of harvest, our, life is, our lives have increased in all areas. We are truly thankful and humble. We have a number of testimonies that we can share, but I want to leave you with this one. Last Wednesday you taught, this was a while ago, last Wednesday you taught on giving, and at the end of the experience you gave us an opportunity to sow seed if God moved us to do so. I did just that. You said that we would see a financial turnaround in 72 hours, and I believe that. 
That was Wednesday. On Friday, payday, the first thing I did was take out our tithes and offerings and the rest of our harvest is plentiful pledge to the church. The total was $660, but I was moved to give $700. I only tell you the amount so you can see the miracle. On Sunday, a complete 72 hours later, just as you said, I got a call from the state of New York stating that $70,000 worth of debt was removed from my credit. Y'all must not be able to hear me. Because the fact that you ain't shouting about that. $70,000. Apparently in Denver, they don't have a good education system. So let me give you the number. Seven, zero, comma, zero, zero, zero. Decimal point, zero, Zero. Here's what I like about that one. What I like about that one is not only did they understand the value of having a man of God in their life, but what I also appreciate about this one is they said, I, I, I sold, I did exactly as you said, and I saw it happen just as you said. Can I show you some of the scriptures? Y'all, go, go to, you stay right there just because I don't want you to get distracted. Just look at me. Uh, y'all go to 2 Chronicles 20 and 20. I just want to show you this. I've showed this to you before, but I just want to show you something. Because a lot of times, because people have seen preachers do all kind of crazy stuff in, 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 in America and in the world and all that kind of stuff. A lot of times people get suspicious and all kind of weird stuff. I just want to show you something in the Bible about how that ain't really have nothing to do with you. 2 Chronicles 20 and 20. Here it is. Look at the end of it. It says, believe in the Lord your God and you shall do what? Be established. Read the, read the verse now. Don't be trying to go off memory. Uh-huh. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be what? Established. Believe his prophets, mouthpiece, the man of God, and you shall do what? Prosper. This man, I said, listen, so, and in 72 hours, watch. He sold a $700 seed. And in 72 hours, saw $70,000 worth of debt released. Now, if that was your $70,000, you'd be tearing the church up. Can I let you in on a secret? The Bible says, rejoice with them that are rejoicing. Which means if I'll shout for him, I'll watch God do the same thing. This was also a debt we had placed on our targeted prayer list. How great is our God. Thank you, Bishop, for everything that you do. With a simple act of obedience to the word of God that you teach, God did the miraculous. Somebody say, that's incredible. incredible. I got some more. Says Shalom. Nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. All is well. We are whole. The only one greater, uh, uh, says Jesus is great, but, but they're trying to say. I was going through some bad things for a long time and did not know how to get out of what I was in. So I started praying because there was nothing left in me. When you get to the end of you, then God can finally do something with you. Only I was not close to God and did not know how to get to God or where else to turn. Through my prayer, God sent me an angel in the flesh who at work confronted me and told me, based on what he saw, I'm not heard, whatever I was going through, that God would get me out of it. Listen to this. I rejected him and did not want to hear what he had to say. Now check this out. Lord, I need you. God's going to help you. I don't want to hear that. 
some weird stuff sometimes. So I rejected him. I did not want to hear what he had to say. Then my car was repossessed and I had no worry to get to work on time. So I was required to ask this person to pick me up and take me home from work. Does the neighbor say, don't play with God. Don't, don't play with him. Graciously, he did. And the Holy Ghost, uh, 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 graciously, he did. As we would travel back and forth from work, he did not say much and would play uh, CDs of your teachings. For quite some time, I just sat in silence and listened, thinking at that time that I was listening to a radio show. It dawned on me, being a Denver native, that we did not have radio shows like this. <laughs> sure don't. And I asked what he was tuned into, and he told me his bishop. This prompted me to ask to attend church with him on a Wednesday, and naturally he agreed. This was the best thing God could have done for me. I was then directed to bishop in person, uh, this is their words, who is the greatest teacher and spiritual leader I have ever seen or heard. I spent most of my life, listen to this, in and out of church and never learned a fraction of the things that I've learned in the short time that I've been at Harvest. My life has made a 180-degree turnaround for the better. My spirit is renewed. My flesh is uplifted and, present, uh, and pleasant. I can love God, love people, and love life. My relationship with God is becoming stronger. I'm developing audacious faith. I'm eager to serve in ministry. These are things that had never happened to me before at any other church and are totally awesome. I'm still being stretched, but now my outlook on how to handle certain the situations and people is totally different. My daughter is hyped about church more than anything else during the week, and she's seven years old. I thank God, Bishop, and this person for all working together to lead me here physically and spiritually with continued growth ahead. I want Bishop to know to never stop being Bishop because you, man of God, are, are wonderful. This is their words. I want to point something out to you that, 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 that God's been dealing with me over the last uh, three or four weeks now uh, in a powerful way. Say rejection. Rejection is the most powerful force on the planet. You say, Bishop, no, God is. Well, you need to understand the order of God. The Bible says that the name of Jesus is higher than every other name. That's power level one. But then the scripture says in Psalm 103.20 that the Lord has magnified his word above his name, which means power level two is what he already said, which means rather than me calling on him to get me out, if I listened to what he said and told me to do it in the first place, I would need to call on him to get me out. But then the third level of power, Jesus says, you have made the word of God of no effect because of your traditions, uh, which we understand in Hebrew means your traditions, your patterns, your habits. So check this out. Power level one is the name of Jesus. Power level two is his word. Power level three is what you do. It's not that the word isn't powerful. It's just that it's, no, it's not effective for you. So, so, so check this out. Check this out. Check this out. Rejection then. Rejection. Look at Adam. Adam in the garden. Uh, he disobeyed God, and he was scared that God was going to reject him. So you know what he did to God? He preemptively rejected God. This is what he mean. He was scared because he knew he had no business doing what he was doing. He runs and he hides. See, see you got to break the spirit of the runner. I'm going to get somebody free right here. Some of y'all are runners. Every time it looks like it's not going to work the way you want to, you run. Every time it looks like it's not going to, you, you got to break the spirit of running because you keep running from the thing that you said you wanted God to do for you in the first place. And you call that God's will. No, you're a runner. So Adam runs and he hides from God. And he gets behind the tree like, 
He tries to hide from God, and God walks out to him, and God initiates a conversation with him. And you know what Adam does to God? He feels like God's getting ready to reject him. Now, listen, rejection will make you not see what's right in front of you. And the fear of rejection will make you not see what's right in front of you. There's some of you that won't apply for jobs because you feel like, well, I don't want to get rejected, so I'll just run from the opportunity in the first place. He, he has a conversation with them, and he's so scared God's going to reject him. And all God wanted to do was respond with love. So you know what he does? He rejects God. This is what he means he rejects God. He says to God, God, the woman you gave me. So in one phrase, he rejects both God and the woman. In other words, he's saying, I'm not taking any responsibility for this. It's you. So I'm running from you even though you are what I really want. Touch your neighbor say, break the spirit of rejection. I want to read this one to you. Y'all all right? Good. This is a testimony of how God turned it around during the 31 days of miracle. On January 15th, I was awakened to intense pain radiating in my breast. I got up, anointed myself with oil, and prayed the prayer of faith. The pain went away immediately. I didn't seek medical help right away because I'm a covenant woman healed and sealed by the very stripes Jesus bore. Over a period of three to six weeks, I would experience intermittent pain. After visit to the doctor for a checkup, no evidence of any problems were revealed. A month later, the pain returned. I couldn't even lie in bed because I was hurting so badly. The pain was excruciating. I never discussed it with any uh, uh, discussed with anyone my problem or concerns. I went to the elders and had them pray for me. The pain left that night, but returned the following morning. Two weeks later. I had my spiritual father, Bishop Foreman, and had him to pray over a handkerchief that I wore for four weeks, um, day and night as a point of contact. I then decided, with the problem worsening, to seek medical attention, um, uh, help a second time. I went to see a specialist, and a series of tests were done. Afterwards, I was sent to a surgeon, and this is when the battle in my mind began, saying, you have breast cancer. On April 30th, during our dunamis prayer, uh, Bishop knew I had an issue in my body, but he didn't know what the condition was. He called me out to pray for me, and he commanded the issue in my body to leave. He said, you must be in agreement with, with me. And I replied, I'm in agreement with my bishop. I stayed in agreement with Bishop throughout the whole ordeal. I confessed the word daily, plus I prayed for other women whose conditions were worse. <laughs> the fastest way for you to get out of your low place is to help somebody else up out of their low place. You're not hearing what I'm saying. When you're feeling depressed, go feed somebody at a homeless shelter. When you're feeling like you can't make it, call somebody on the phone and encourage them. If you want to reap what you sow, you got to sow it first. <laughs> he said, I pray for other women whose conditions are faith. Open the door for God to move in my situation. On Monday, uh, I met with the surgeon and he said these words. I don't know what happened. Somebody on the internet campus needs to hear this. The doctor said, I don't know what happened, but we can't find anything wrong with you. And all of the pain is gone. Somebody shout, that's my God. Can I read you another? I'm going to do it either way. I just was 
trying to get you on board. Before and after. Before and after. Remember. 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 Listen. It says, thank, uh, thank you, Bishop. I do not believe that you may ever fully understand how much my life has changed and still continues to change since God placed you in it. I feel like because God saw the best in me when my natural father only saw the worst in me, God chose to set me under you to bring that out in me. I love God because he gets the, light, the last say. The word says that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. And since my natural father is included in the above, I'm thankful that he has finally surrendered his life to Christ. But I'm even more thankful that you, Bishop, as my spiritual father, gave me life. I love you, Bishop. I appreciate you. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to see how it finally is to be a daddy's girl. I'm looking forward to being a part of the evolution. May God continue to empower the works of your hand, and to God be the glory forever. In his name, amen. Watch this. Uh, the, the, the greatest joy of what I do, um, uh, this is this preaching all that. I'm not really preaching that. I'm just talking to you, but that's wonderful, and that's great. But my greatest joy, because it's, it's an in integral part of my assignment, my greatest joy is being able to take somebody who felt, y'all remember that analogy I gave a few weeks ago? Who felt at their worst, at their least, like nobody would ever care for them and nobody would ever be there for them. They've been stomped on, they've been through rejection and oppression and depression and suppression and Sudafed and all the rest. <laughs> but then to be able to open them back up. Because even though you might be in, in a bad state, you're still the same value. Somebody needs to hear that today. Even though you might feel like this, you, you're still the same value. The, the, the value didn't change just because of what you went through. And I know, I know it was rough, and I know you, you thought that you weren't a desirable, and I know you had a low self-esteem as a result of it, but the value didn't change. Value value didn't change. Listen, listen, listen to this one. Can I give you another one? Yeah. Listen to this one real quick. It says, it says, Shalom Bishop, I'm so excited about the series Getting Your Finances in Order. I know lives will be changed because my life was changed when you ministered on debt freedom in 2010. You asked us to come up if we wanted to be the first ones to break the dysfunction of our bloodline of being in debt. I started at that time making plans to get out of debt, but I did not accomplish that, and I was laid off of my job in February 2011. The Lord not only blessed me, watch this, to pay off my debt, but you also prophesied that whoever needs a car to come up and God was going to give it to you in the next two weeks. Well, I received my car, and when I drove it off the lot, it was paid for in full. If that was your car... My main reason for being debt-free is to be a blessing because you've always taught us we are the blessing. Since being unemployed, God has blessed me to serve like never before. I did not start living until I started serving. I appreciate you. I love you. I thank you. Like I always tell everyone, being a part of this ministry is life-changing. Here's what I want you to see from this one. Here's what I, here's what I, what I want you to see uh, from this one is this individual understood the importance of serving. And sometimes, sometimes dream, and this is for the dream team and those of you that are going to be coming on the dream team, sometimes when you go through rough stuff in life, the first thing that the enemy wants you to stop doing is to stop serving. Because he understands that if he can get you, watch this, away from a place of life, 
then he can get in your ear and he can mess you up and he can say all kind of crazy stuff to you. And before you know it, you're sitting here wondering, well, I wonder did this ever work? And I wonder this and I wonder that. Right. Don't let him play that game. Touch your neighbor say, don't let him play that game. Don't let him. And maybe you're not serving yet. Maybe you're just coming to church. Maybe this is your very first time in Harvest City. Don't, don't let the enemy play that game with you of where, he, of where he makes you think that somehow it's better out there. No, don't let him play that game with you. Can I read another one to you? God, I didn't realize how many of these were. Listen to this one. Listen to this one. This one. Hello, Bishop. For eight years, I was a woman with an issue of blood. Literally. I thought that the issue was going to go, uh, was going to last 12 years like the woman who had the issue of blood in the Bible. So I figured if I could just survive, I would. I've been to several hospitals, clinics, specialists in Colorado, and nobody could tell me what the issue was. I was on every birth control pill, hormone pill that they created, and it did not fix the issue. I attended several revivals, healing conventions, and still the issue would not go away. I lost many jobs, dropped out of college, lost friends and family because of the issue. No money, no child, young and single, no one would give me a, a hysterectomy, and I wanted so bad. Desperate for life. Happiness, uh, happiness like a fool. I had a baby because I was told that might help the issue, but it only made it worse. But now that uh, I had one child, I found a doctor that would consider the surgery. My appointment was set in stone for March 26, 2012. But God clearly had other plans because I found harvest and I learned about dunamis. We call it praise party now, but I attended my first dunamis experience in December 2011, and when Bishop asked everyone with a health issue to come to the altar, I did not go up because I had a bitter, stank attitude. And this person, you know who you are. You still need to come up out your bitter, stank attitude. I'm just messing with you. We all sometimes get bitter and stank. Touch your neighbor and say, you need to come out of that. You need to come out of that. We all need to do that from time to time. We got to remember and was mad at the world because I was tired of going up to the altar for prayer and going home still bleeding to death. You ever felt like it ain't even worth praying over it? You ever felt like that? Nobody? Thank you. I got one. Can I get two? I got two. Can I get three? I got three. Can I get four? You ever felt like I'm not even praying about this anymore because it never gets better? Have you ever been here where you say, in fact, when I do pray about it, it seems like it gets worse? That's where this woman was. Somebody shout, but God. The next dunamis experience, Bishop asked everyone with a health issue to come up. By that time, he made it personal, and he said, women with ovarian issues were going to be healed. Again, I did not know what the issue was, but I felt like he was talking to me. Long story short now, that night, I was healed. No more bleeding. No more pain. No more depression. No more low self-esteem. I went to the doctor, and of course, he was surprised. So I did not need to have that hysterectomy. I am happy now living and loving life. Can I read a couple more to you? I, I'm not going to get through all of them, uh, but, but I just want to read. I want to read some of these to you. Is this helping you? I said, is this helping you? I said, is this helping you? Somebody say, I needed to be reminded. Uh-huh, you needed to be reminded. That's a, that's all you needed. You were saying, Lord, say this. Lord, say, you just needed to be reminded. I, I, I want, you, want you to listen to this one. This is from a pastor. This one's from a pastor who has uh, come and, and a man of God that has ministered uh, to us uh, over the years. And, uh, and uh, he said this. 
is I hope that God is prospering you in all the more in every meaningful area of your life. We're so humble that uh, to know you uh, are indeed a friend. We esteem you highly in the Lord and so grateful for having been involved and invited to share with the citizens of Harvest. Thank you for the invitation, hospitality, friendship, and motivation. Listen to this. Allow me to personally share my excitement about what God has allowed me to receive from my visit with you. First, your excellence in ministry was paramount. It helped to relight a fire in me. This... This, this, man is, this man is a bishop, and he's a pastor to pastors, and then he's a bishop to bishops. He said, he said uh, I was so encouraged by everything that I saw that I have been working on restructure and change for my ministry since returning home. Our conversations were so heartfelt and encouraging. It's great to know that God has allowed our paths to cross in this season. It's my prayer that God will give you all the desires of my heart. That's my prayer, too. Uh, listen, you have helped his servant find his way again. You have inspired me greatly. Listen, you didn't know it, but I was weak. And I was broken. And I was struggling in my heart about ministry. But God. I was able to see the glory of God through your worship experience. My life has truly been changed. If you can change the pastor, you can get the people right. Can I give you a couple more? Can I give you a couple more? I, I want to give you a couple more. I want to give you a couple more. I want to give you a couple more. Some, some of these are, are real long. And we place them all. I think lots of them. They add new ones every day. But there's a lot of them that are online that you can look at. But, but listen to this one. Good evening, Harvest. I want to give honor to God. Uh, and this was a young, uh, well, he was a, a man, uh, but a younger man who I was like a surrogate father to. So in his praise report, he, he refers to me as dad. Uh, he says, Harvest has changed my life is an understatement. Harvest has transformed my life. I come from a history of drug abuse, infidelity, instability, homelessness, and uh, other various generational curses. I don't know what to say, so let me start by saying it's a miracle that I'm still here. I can't tell you that everything is all good, but I can tell you that I'm better today than I was yesterday. It surprises me that I made it this far. There are days where I can still see death staring me in the face. When you come from a background of drugs and crime, it's very difficult not to think about that. You see the money, you see the fame, but what's most important is what you don't see. I don't know who this is for, but it weighs on me to write this. There are days when I wake up and the only thing on my mind is death. Not that it's always something I think about, but it's a part of the life that uh, I've experienced. I have a brother whose MO is drugs. I have a cousin who died from drinking and driving, and that was supposed to be me. There are days when I went home and contemplated suicide. He said, to add it all up, I've made some decisions that have got me in some bad situations, but in spite of that, I'm still here. The reason I say that is because it showed me what was inside of me as well as uh, uh, what has been around me. It's one thing to have generational curses in your life. It's another thing to choose to walk in them. It's been a blessing because it's taught me what I didn't know and showed me uh, uh, what I do know. And then they say to be continued, and the to be continued goes, goes like this. It says, as we begin to get older, so they, they, they start preaching in this one. <laughs> as we begin to get older, we begin to get wiser. Mm, can I get a witness? Uh, and so anybody, uh, well, I said, so the problem that most people have is as they begin to learn more, they don't want to accept the truth that they know 
what they've been taught and caught, what they're learning and what they know. To know is to do. They think that if they deny the truth, that they uh, will not be held to a high level of responsibility for the knowledge they have. So they live below where they know they should be, but they refuse to accept the truth because they know that, and that kind of responsibility comes with a price. See, my sons can preach. Watch this. <laughs> Them not understanding that they have paid a portion of the price that requires, so in turn they begin to try to water down everything they know to make people feel comfortable so they won't offend them. Not understanding this is exactly what people need in order to grow and mature from the place that they are now. The people have been praying to go higher and take on more than what they're currently doing, and God answered them with you. Some people uh, you're not supposed to be friends with, you're, uh, you're supposed to lead. And um, it says, I just got off work, and I was reminded how important it is to have leadership in your life. Um, we, uh, we get mad when they hold us to the standard of being giant killers, yet when it comes to wanting something from them, all of a sudden we want to listen and do the right thing. You are preaching. Every testimony that I have sent and send is from experience. I'm a living witness that when you put God first and seek the kingdom, God will take care of you no matter what. I used to hold on to testimonies uh, until I was out of the test, even in my own doing that got me out of the situation I'm in. I hope this is encouragement to someone. When you ask God for something, be sure to do right by what he's given you because you're always being tested on the way you take care of what he's given you. As I write this testimony, the victories that we have conquered begin to come back. I used to be mad at God because he took my biological father out of my life, uh, not understanding the reason why I was filled with anger. Let me just pause here. Uh, for some of you that maybe struggle with that, understand that sometimes God allows things like that to happen for your protection. Sometimes there are things in that individual that God says, while you may think you need that, I need that individual to not be in your life because they'll corrupt you greater. So sometimes you just got to look back and say, thank God, thank God, thank God, because God was infinitely wise enough to know that that wasn't what you needed. Sometimes God just has to use different sources to get the ship here. Hmm. Listen, now I understand the reason why I was feeling anger. On top of that, all the people that I was supposed to be... Uh, with me were against me. So when God would bring people into my life that were for me, I began to fight them. I got used to fighting the people that was for me, and I had to fight the people that I thought was for me. It was difficult when you grow up and have to fight the people that you thought were supposed to be fighting for you because they had to fight the people that were supposed to be fighting for them. I forgive and uh, thank you for teaching me the greatness on the inside of me. It's when you have to go through when uh, it's what you have to go through when you're young that teaches you and gives you the tools that you need to operate in your promised land. Remember. Uh, what you learn, see, they're still preaching, uh, from your youth because there are tools in you that you will need to go along and tools you're receiving now to thrive from where you are now. I appreciate you, sir, even at the times where you may not feel like I do. I do. Every day I remember what it feels like to not have your guidance. You would not understand what it feels like to not have anyone in your corner until you know how it feels to have everyone turn on you. I love you, sir, despite what happens. Listen, this, this was, this was, uh, this this one was the uh, tear jerk. It says, you're the only one that has not flaked on me due to my flaws. I want you to know that you serve a God that won't flake on you, even when you're at your worst. But I want every harvester to know that you have a pastor that will not flake on you when you're at your worst. 
I, I, I just need every harvester to know that. Not only will your God be there, but you have a pastor who will be right there. I want to read one more. Can I read one more? And then, I, and then I'll let you, then I'll let you go. I want to, I want to read one more. I want to read one more. Uh, shoot, there's so many good ones. They told me, they said, Bishop, that's going to take the whole time. I said, no, it's not. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Let me read this one. Don't want to read this one? No, let me read this one. Look at your neighbor and say, you look good. Tell him, say, you look blessed. Tell him, say, you look favored. Now, I would do this one, but this is like a four-page letter, so let me do this one. Say, remember. remember. Say it again, remember. remember. Shalom, Bishop. Thank you for being such an awesome man of God and a great example to all of us at Harvest. A few weeks ago, I had an issue with the Harvest leader. It was bad. I mean, really bad. My tongue started going and could not stop. I left upset and disappointed because no matter what I said, it didn't matter. Immediately after storming out of the room, I could not believe what just happened with all the teachings I received, and this is how I reacted. Wow. I could not believe I had so much anger built up that I just exploded. Knowing and understanding the order of the house, I quickly realized that I just disrespected the you, that leader, and the order of the house. I was confused, hurt, and very disappointed in myself considering that I learned and am still being taught. The following day, we apologized to each other, which was the right thing to do. Wednesday night, God spoke to me through you in so many ways, but I was so full of myself, I ignored him. Mm -hmm. I realized later during the week that I had fallen into darkness and did not know it. I was like a dead man walking. I asked God, how could this happen when I'm always in the word? Listen, God said I was too immature and prideful to hear it. God said I was mean and judgmental. I said, well, everybody's mean when they are angry. But God said, he's not talking about everybody. He's talking about me. He showed me my friends and family telling me that I was mean. God replayed the explosion between me and that leader, which scared me because I saw myself. I didn't see the leader. It was weird. I saw bad relationships, generational curses, failures, and so much more. It, I was a big monster uh, that I was uh, with. An, uh, what an eye opener. God told me to repent to the leader. Because it wasn't her I was angry with. It was all of my issues that I had buried deep inside of me that my pride wouldn't let go. I couldn't wait to get to church and repent. However, I couldn't repent until after the experience. Wow, the word, of course, was so powerful, it hurt. It was like being run over by a long train, but I endured it. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Thank God I got through all of that. I still cannot wait to repent and sincerely apologize. Our relationship is so much better now. Say Remember. I thank God that this woman of God was able to see past all of my issues, giving me another chance. Thank you, Jesus, for bringing Bishop into my life. There's no way I couldn't have gotten through this without your incredible teaching and your loyalty to God's word. Then they say part two. Bishop, I receive amazing teaching at Harvest, and I know when I do something um, uh, that I need to get things right with God and the people that um, I, uh, I hurt or harmed. I was confused, and I asked God, but he didn't answer until the end of the week of the Relationship Revolution series. Vertical teaching was it. You said it before, but I didn't receive it the way I'm receiving now. I'm not only hearing the word, but I'm also a doer of the word better now than ever before. Um, God said when I come to you, li listen to this. I must humble myself and not approach you without going through the proper channels of fasting and praying because you're not some jelly bag. Sure, you're right. No, I ain't never scared. Uh, you are the man of God who is sent to teach what so many to teach what so many have failed to do thank you for staying true to god's word and loving us through all of the pain i love and appreciate you and everything uh, you do 
here's, here's what I wanted you to hear from now. He said, Bishop, why would you end with that one? I, I wanted to end with that one because I, I want to I encourage you with this thought. Uh, life is going to have challenges. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. I don't care if you're here every week, take every note, get every CD, you're still going to face challenges. The difference is when you take what you're taught and you use it and you apply it, you will see the fruit in your lives. I am in ministry for one reason and one reason alone. I could go to the private sector and be very, very successful. I have been and could do it again and would be very, very successful. I am in ministry for one reason and one reason alone, and that is because I was created to change lives. That's what I sleep. That's what I eat. That's what I breathe. All these praise reports, we have them. I keep every single card that I'm ever given. I keep every single testimony that's ever sent in because that is my motivation. And when I'm feeling discouraged, because guess what? Even I feel moments of discouragement. And when I'm facing challenges, because guess what? Even I got to face some challenges. And when I'm feeling like, God, I already told you. Some of y'all know the story. When the Lord uh, uh, originally called me, uh, I said, Lord, I don't want to do that. And I said, <laughs> can I tell you what I told him? I said, Lord, I don't want to do that. And I only have one reason. I said, Lord, because people don't listen. And I said, Lord, now I'm not going to be sitting up here saying this 7 and 12 and 13 and 14 times. But the Lord certainly has worked on my patience. <laughs> Ain't he all right? <laughs> Here's the point I want to make. Here's the point I want to make. Totally different message. I get it. Totally different flow today. Here's what I want you to understand. Is that when I'm in those moments personally, I have to remember. So this week, when you face stuff, and when you're dealing with stuff, and when you're facing challenges, remember. Remember how you weren't sure exactly how you were even going to make ends meet. And remember how he brought the ends together. There's some of you that, I don't know who this is for, there's some of you that you're moving down paths that you feel like you have to walk out because you feel like you're too far down the path. But you know it's not the right path. You just feel like, well, I got to do it because I'm too far down it. Don't let pride make you walk, walk it out because you think you have no other options. Remember, when you feel like you can't make it, Remember. When you feel like, God, I can't take another minute, remember. When you say, God, not only am I throwing in the towel, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to just burn it. What they say, burn it all down. I just burn it all down. Remember. When you feel like praying isn't working, remember. When you feel like giving isn't working, remember. When you feel like serving isn't working, Remember. When you feel like your family's just falling apart, remember. When it feels like your children are acting crazy, remember. When it feels like your spouse is acting crazy, remember. Remember. Everybody stand with me. Father, how great you are. How awesome you are. We remember. We don't need a fresh 
revelation today. Today, we just need a reminder. We just need a reminder. I pray, Father, that some of these testimonies, so many I didn't even get an opportunity to read. I pray, Father, that you would speak to us to help us to remember. Somebody that's wondering whether or not they'll ever be healed. If he did it for one of those testimonies, he can do it for you. Somebody who's saying, I just can't seem to escape my past. I just can't seem to escape where I've come from. If he did it for that young man, he can do it for you. Somebody says, I just got more debt. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this debt. I don't know what I'm going to do. If he did it for that man, he can do it for you. Somebody says, I just, I just seem to make too many mistakes. I just, I just am my own worst enemy. If he did it for that woman who finally had to face herself in the mirror and say, it's not them, but it's me, he can do it for you. With your heads bowed and eyes closed today, if you're in this worship experience, I pray that the testimonies that, the few testimonies that you were able to hear, I pray that they ministered the gospel to you. What's the gospel? What's the good news? What's the good news? The good news is that all the bad news is wrong. <laughs> the good news is that not only did Jesus die for you, but the good news is that Jesus intends for you to have life and life more abundantly. You were not created to be in perpetual suffering and perpetual mess and perpetual dysfunction and generational junk and baggage. You were not created for that. And they overcame him by the blood. That's done. But by what they chose to remember. When stuff comes at you this week, remember. When you feel like getting pulled away from God or pulled away from your man of God, remember. 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 When you feel like giving up on Jesus, remember. Today, if you're in this worship experience and you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've never given your life to him, you've never become a Christian, I got good news for you. Today is your day. Bishop, but you don't know the mistakes I've made. You don't know the things that I've done. You, you don't know. You don't know. I tell you, you're right. I don't, but I know what he did. And I know that what he did is more powerful than anything you could ever do. So number one, if you're here and you need to give your life to Christ for the very first time, there is love for you. There is acceptance for you. I know people may have rejected you, but there is acceptance from God. Secondly, maybe you're in this place today and you've given your life to the Lord before, but you've not been walking with him faithfully. You've not been serving him. You've been doing your own thing. And today you were able to hear through somebody else's testimony the power of you serving, the power of you loving him, the power of you being consistent and faithful to him. If he did it for these other people, he can do the same for you. And today, if you need to recommit yourself to Jesus and give your life to him afresh, anew, I got good news for you. You can do that today. If either one of those is you, and even if you're watching online, on the count of three, I don't care where you're at, on the count of three, I want you to throw your hands up no matter where you're at. If you need to become a Christian for the first time or you need to rededicate yourself to Jesus, on the count of three, throw that hand up. One, two, three. If that's you, throw that hand up. I see you. I see you. We're so excited for you. I see you. We're so excited for you. I said we're so excited for you. I said we're so excited for you. You, you get ready to be one of these testimonies. You're... 
Now keep that hand lifted, and I want everybody to lift their hands in this place and say this with me. And even if you're watching online, say this with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess my sins before you. I believe the Bible that says you came and died for me. You paid for all of my mistakes. You paid for all of my issues so that I could have abundant life. I've spent enough of my days in average. I spent enough of my days in dysfunction. But in the name of Jesus, if this is my first time praying this, I step into new life. It's a brand new beginning. I'm a Christian. If I was far from you, I'm reconnected to you. Give me your grace to walk this walk. Thank you for helping me to remember. Even when I didn't know that it was you right there. If I look back over my life, I can see your hand in my life. I must be special to you. I must be important to you. Because you didn't give up on me. I remember. I remember. Say it like you mean it. I remember. In Jesus' name. Amen. Do me a favor. Do me a favor. Again, this was a different thing. I didn't preach today. I just wanted to talk to you today. But, but I want you to do me a favor. I want you to take 45 seconds to somebody around you preferably somebody you don't know. I just want you to tell them your quick 45-second testimony. Now, you can skip the giving honor to God. and You can skip that part. That's going to take too much time. I want you to give them a 45-second testimony, just one thing to help encourage them as they get ready to leave today. Somebody you don't know around you. Go and do it. Go and do it. Just somebody you don't know around you. 45 seconds. Get somebody. Get somebody. Get somebody. Get somebody. Get somebody. Come on, if you're online and you ain't have nobody at your house, send us a testimony. Just give them a 45-second testimony. You didn't even know all of that about him, huh? Amen. Once you do that, you can be seated. We're going to see what's happening at your campus this week. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA, get a quote today. Hey, hey.